0: Hey, Rent to Retires. It's Adam Schrader here with another episode, joined as usual by Zach Lee, Master, the founder and CEO of Rent to Retirement, and we have a special guest with us today. He is a real estate investor himself. Uh, his name is John, and we're going to be talking a little bit about his journey. Uh, John, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you for having me on. Look forward yeah. to it.
0: Absolutely. So, tell us just a little bit about when your journey started. You know how you you know, really. When you started thinking about real estate, but also when you, you know, got really serious and you know, signed on the dotted line and got your first property.
1: Well, I've been investing for just over two years. Um, at, at one point, I was actually looking for uh, a primary residence and uh, my realtor is like, well, it's, it's so so difficult to buy a house during COVID. Why don't you, uh, why don't you look into rentals instead? And it's funny, he wasn't the only person in that, I'm going to say, like three-month time span that put, put the, uh, the real estate bug in my ears. So, uh, you know, I read Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then through other influences, I jumped right in. Um, I bought a, a four-unit in, I believe it was August of 2021, and then, uh, you know, that ended up being a tremendous amount of work. So then I've since kind of gone the turnkey new construction route and that's kind of, it's fitting my lifestyle a lot better. John, um, our our goal here, and thank you for sharing
2: that, is to bring on investors that, you know, are, are basically, they're, they're not yet expert investors, but they're also not brand new investors, but they're, they're doing it, right? They're out there showing other people that you can invest in today's market. Um, you know, it's, it's possible and to offer some encouragement and some insight for people that are probably where you were in 2021 a, f- a few years back just starting to get um, into the the range of, or getting into the point where you can make that first investment so first investment jump right into a fourplex sounds like that was a, a lot of work maybe something that you were personally rehabbing or things like that i, I definitely want to dive into that uh, but before we do that talk to us a little bit more about like Why, why real estate? So you read rich dad, poor dad, as most of us have, or that's kind of a starting point to kickstart about just how to think about investing in, in money in general and assets versus liabilities. And it's a great read. Obviously, if anyone hasn't read that, I encourage you to do that. And then cashflow quadrant is a good next one. Um, but besides your realtor telling you, Hey, you should think about rental properties. Like why else did rental properties seem like an investment that you, you wanted to make? Was it a lifestyle thing or talk to us more about the
1: why? Um, Funny thing is, one of those other um, influences I ran into a lot, if he's a a financial advisor, as much as I don't care for financial advisors anymore, he did give me some solid advice in saying, there's only two ways you get out of paying taxes. It's through real estate or business. And at the time I'm thinking, I don't know what for business I would start right now, but I can start real estate right now. And that's really all I needed to hear. You don't like paying taxes, John? Is that what I hear? Or uh, It's <laughs> not that I don't like paying taxes. If I can avoid it and defer it, why not? <laughs> so when you say that the first,
0: that the quadplex was, you know, a lot of work, um, like Zach said, were you doing a, a primary like rehab yourself? And then, or was it, was it in your local market or was your first one outside of your local market? Kind of tell us a little bit
1: about that first one. Yeah, so it it was in my local mar- market um, originally. I kind of thought, okay, I am getting property management; they'll be able to take care of some of these the turnovers and and so forth. But they they left me very disappointed, and th- at that point, it was like, man i I gotta just take massive action and get this place turned around. It was only fifty percent occupied, so you know, I started with the first unit, getting it ready to be rented. I got it ready went on to the next one and then eventually in you know that 12 month span uh, i had tenants leave thankfully and then other tenants um you know they bought a house and moved away uh, i was able to turn over everything in this building i took the the rent roll from like 1300 up to what's now 3500 a month and cash flows you know over a thousand dollars a month um really the The DIY came out of just uh kind of limited resources I didn't have you know a contractor lined up right away um but by by the time I got to the fourth unit I hired everything out for that and now it's been totally hands-off I found a a property management company that uh that serves me really well and uh, I'm super super glad I I went through with that uh decision to, to buy that place. And if I, if I could buy four more, just like it, I would.
0: Absolutely. So your next one, you know, you mentioned that one was, was trouble. So you started going down the, the build to rent model. What led you to the new construction as opposed to just, you know, getting, uh, getting rehab,
1: kind of what, what led you to, to that one? Well, both methods work. However, I. I find a lot of uh, peace of mind with new construction because I've seen old water lines, old water drains, bad electrical. I've seen all that and I know what it costs to fix it. So why not start off with something that's brand new? Your, your maintenance costs are going to be next to nothing for, you know, the first five years as long as you have decent tenants. And that's something you're going to want to own for 20, 30 years. So why not start there? Yeah, generally speaking with new construction, I, I like
2: new construction as well. Um, and that's where we put a lot of our investments in. Uh, also from a tax side, you you know if you're doing things like accelerated depreciation, things like that, you get better tax benefits on on new construction. But generally speaking, it's um, new construction is done in areas that are growing, that have high rental demand. You have less to turnover and vacancy, certainly less maintenance, um, probably better appreciation both of rents and value. But the challenge is, is, uh, the price point is, it's higher than say a Midwestern house. Um, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to pay for a higher price point. This means you may, you might need to bring a little bit more capital to the table. Maybe there's some creative things you can do with less money down, um, to acquire more properties that comes into your tax play. And I think, I think these are some of the things that, that you're doing, John. And so as you've. As you've evolved, now you own multiple properties in multiple different markets—single-family, multifamily. You're on this path just over for a period of time. I mean, just a couple of years. Um, you've been able to work hard, save money, invest that money, and then use some creative strategies to to continue to scale your portfolio, um, which has been really cool to watch. Watch the evolution, and it hasn't. It's not all been sunshine and rainbows. There's always obstacles, right? That that happens with with any investing journey. Like that, that's part of it um and we we all try to learn from those and improve but let's talk about some of the creative things that you're doing both um you know from a lending side and from a tax side and how that plays into your overall plan do you you mind sharing a little bit about that oh i don't mind at
1: all um so this year i was able to add uh, six properties to my portfolio i was fortunate to uh to meet the qualifications for the five uh, no money down Alabama builds which are doing fairly fairly well right now. Um, the strategy there was I just gotta get I gotta get ownership of these. I can afford to, to take that liability on my balance sheet, but over time the goal is to de deleverage. And then while also doing that I closed on a property new construction down Lehigh acres and that's the same thing. I, I got to get ownership of it and then over time I'm going to deleverage, and that's going to ultimately lead to the cash flow that everyone is looking to get.
2: Yeah because you're not you're not looking to retire today and just to be specific for anyone listening um, you used a loan product that is well it's not available at no money down any longer. They, the credit union still offers it at five five percent down um, so it's it's not zero down like it it was at one point in time but it's still an attractive way to acquire multiple properties however those will very likely be negative cash flow when you're you know have such high leverage in the property but what I heard you say John is that this is a way that you are obtaining ownership um, of more assets with your capital now with the understanding that in the future you're going to have a larger portfolio um, that your, your plan is to deleverage over time to cash flow more but the, the goal is to buy now and own now, let real estate do what it does over time and then reap the benefits from cash flow later. Is, is that the idea?
1: Absolutely. That one product allowed me to get five doors, whereas you know I might have only been able to do one or two this year and then I'd have had to do two or three in following years. So I would have missed out on that appreciation, loan pay down, and then the tax benefits. And what are the tax benefits um, that that you're
2: utilizing with with some of this new construction?
1: Um, with with my situation being a high earning W two, my uh tax advisor kinda told me, Hey, you the way you make your income, accelerated depreciation is not gonna benefit you a uh, ton because you're not a real estate uh, professional. However, I'm able to deduct the uh the cost of heating, cooling, and kitchen appliances. So, for example, those five Alabama properties, that ends up being 72000 in deductions that is going to wipe out my tax bill for this year and likely upcoming years. And by that point, I may even decide to invest in more properties to just continue uh, deferring taxes on my portfolio. That's, that's huge. Right. I mean, that's,
2: that's dramatic. Um, I, and John, you know, this cause we've had multiple conversations, but like, you know, this is, this is where real estate and this goes back to your financial advisor. That's, you know, the two ways to, to legally not, not pay taxes or defer them is, is real estate and business, right? Those are the two ways. And, and real estate, I would argue, and has more benefits for the, than business specifically. But I mean, you could actually do real estate as business and, and couple that with real estate, but The idea is to offset your taxable liability that you would otherwise pay to Uncle Sam and never see again, but instead use that money and reinvest it to actually earn income on it, keep it, keep it, earn interest on it uh, or income on it or return on it. And furthermore, buy more assets with it to have more tax benefits. You get this snowballing effect. That's how wealth is created. Um, And it doesn't happen overnight. But it does happen over a period of time of consistently doing that, and you're a younger guy, John, so you got time on your side, and you can you can weather the storm with a little bit of negative cash flow with a high high um, leverage loan with the because you know long term if you just hold these they're good areas they're new construction like at some point you know these things will cash flow and you're going to be building equity and these tax benefits like just running an ROI on that alone compared to the money you have down on it regardless of cash flow has um, got to be pretty high. I mean that's I,
1: I love that strategy. Any anything you want to add to that, or uh, I will add. At one point, I had a Roth IRA. You know, you can contribute post tax dollars into that; they grow tax uh, deferred. Um, I make too much money to do that now. However, real estate's my new Roth IRA.
2: I like that. One one last thing, because I just want to make sure the audience caught what you said. Um, you know, I talk about cost segregation, accelerated depreciation. Not everyone can do that. But uh, or would benefit from that um, if they're not RE pro. Obviously, there's the short term aspect where you 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 maybe could do something there. But um, what, talk to us about the appliances aspect. I just want I want to understand a little bit more about how you're able to get it. Still have some um, some
1: large tax deduction from new construction
2: in, in this scenario.
1: Um, they're basically I th- I think they're classified as a as a capital expense. However, the the tax code's written. Certain things in a property are uh, given a certain lifespan, and I'm I'm su- assuming that the lifespan on these appliances is a lot shorter than, you know, your flooring, foundation, roof, etc. Um, so we're able to deduct that all those in the first year. Yeah, I love it. I mean, think about it. I mean, he just
0: cash flowed seventy two thousand uh, dollars this year with the the tax write offs. That's uh, that's not a bad yearly yearly return there. <laughs> no, not at all. I don't have the calculator on hand with me, but I know it's uh, it's significant. Um, so what are your, you know, what are your future plans when you're looking at this? I mean, obviously you mentioned kind of rolling over the the cash cash flow that you're going to be getting in the tax, you know, buying more to get those tax benefits, but are you still going to be um, focusing on single family? Are you looking at going into multifamily? Are you planning on staying in the new construction route or you know, I, I hope to be a part of these conversations that you have um. you know, as we continue our relationship down the years, but what are your future plans?
1: Um, I would say five years from now, my, I'm going to have a, a lot better equity stake and I've uh, considered, you know, like my Lehigh property, I've good bit of equity in that. Well, why don't I, uh, do a 1031 exchange and roll that into, you know, an eight unit, 10 unit multifamily somewhere. Um. That way, I'll, I'll get the cash flow then. Right now, I'm not really cash flowing, but I do have equity. Then that's going to shift my portfolio more towards cash flow if I decided to retire early. Yeah, and 8 to 10 units, you might be doing some rehab, and hopefully it,
0: doesn't, uh, hopefully it doesn't end up like the quad, and I hope that's a little smoother process
2: for that. So... Basically, what I'm hearing is tra- trading up, build a build a portfolio, own the assets right now. Let real estate do what it does over time, and then likely go through a 1031. Um, whether it's into you know more of a multifamily asset class or whatever the case is, is trading the equity and, and scale up. And this just makes me think, uh, you know, just just how so wealth is built in real estate, um, and and it just doesn't always really click for people in the beginning because they're, I think. You have this mindset, but I, I'm constantly reminded, John, of people that are getting into real estate right now. A lot of the discussions we have with investors are like cash flow today, right? Like they're looking at a pro forma and an ROI and they're saying, okay, well, you know, this isn't this $150 a month with uh, my seven and a half interest rate, 8%, whatever it is, you know, like that's not a good ROI year one. And then they decide not to invest or they get like hyper focused on on that. And I just go back to think about like, especially us buying right now. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily invest for cash flow. Now I don't want to be in a huge negative cash flow position if I don't have if I don't have reserves. But I'm I'm looking at it long term, just like you, John, where it's if I'm buying in a good area, you know, with a the, the property will and I let leverage do what it does where the tenant will pay that loan down and build equity the house will appreciate the rents will go up and increase cash flow over time and then I'll maximize the tax benefits in the interim I mean just just give real estate time and let it do what it does Um, but I'm not trying to retire on cash flow today from one house right I mean it's not that's not what it's about you're kind of missing the big picture about what how real estate builds wealth and then you you trade in your equity as you mentioned that's what wealthy people do they maximize the tax benefit. they buy an asset like real estate that is tax efficient they reinvest their money meaning they're they're both their their cash flow and their equity though they change it in they either pull their equity out with a heloc cash out refi or they sell it in 1031 exchange it and they buy more assets and just you get this compounding effect all all along the way you're you're maximizing your your um, tax benefits in this tax efficient vehicle and that's how people build Mass amounts of wealth and it doesn't happen overnight but certainly within a five to ten year period you can create a pretty pretty significant portfolio i mean john have you well let me ask you this first have you run because um, we came out with a wealth tracker um on our website that allows people to future project equity and cash flow have you ran have you played with that ran any projections either with that or any other um calculators to kind of see like let's say you didn't buy any other real estate but let's like where you'd be in in five to ten years um have you ran any of those numbers? Have you, or do you even think forward about that? I mean, or is that something that you're just kind of like, I know it will improve, but I haven't really calculated things
1: out? I've kind of calculated with uh, napkin math. Um, I believe with my current portfolio, if, you know, one year from today, if everything went up 3%, that's a gain of like 65,000 in that one year. So if you compound that over, over time, uh, if I didn't buy anything more, it it wouldn't take very long for that to be a, a five million dollar portfolio. And that's with not buying anything more. Yeah, I think that's that's super interesting. I love looking at that too, just like acquiring more real
2: estate, you know, and you gotta do this responsibly, right? I mean, you gotta know your situation. I'm not saying buy just a bunch of bad deals. Like have a strategy, but the more you can own, to John's initial point, the more that you can own. And then you start that starts to like compound every year where you look at all right, it's the cash flow aside. If my portfolio of a million dollars goes up three percent that year, you know that's a significant that's a significant increase. If I have a five million dollar portfolio and that goes up three percent, what about the leverage on a five million dollar portfolio every single year? You know you could be paying that down six figures, right? That's building. You're basically building equity, uh, and then you have the cash flow that should be going up year after year. So scalability, you have economies of scale in real estate and you know it becomes this snowball effect that you continue to to grow and add more doors to your portfolio but sometimes people again they're been be getting loose loose sight of that let me the second part of this question john would be what uh what advice would you give to have or give to someone who is kind of following that category that i just talked about they're they're looking and this is applicable to today's market where rates are high cash flow isn't and roi maybe isn't super attractive because where debt is and they let that paralyze them where they don't they don't do anything, but they've been thinking about real estate for years now. I mean, and they and they
1: want to invest in real estate. What what would you tell that person? I mean, everyone says this uh, time in the market is better than timing the market. You know, we, we just went over tax benefits and appreciation. If you buy now, you'll be able to harness those tax benefits and appreciation. If you're gonna wait three years for rates to drop. You know that, that just in those three years, that property you end up buying is gonna appreciate in value, and it's gonna be harder to buy than if you just would have jumped in. You know, obviously, don't invest recklessly, but get in if it makes sense to do it, and you know, watch and see what it does. I want to go back. Your first property you
0: bought during COVID you probably got a, what, three and a half four percent interest rate on that with rates being as low as they, uh, low as they were. And then you went to the 5%, which had a much higher rate. And now you're buying more that are at that, you know, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half percent potentially kind of what led you to, cause as Zach mentioned, a lot of people get stuck on that interest rate. And especially as you had one, and then you're thinking, I'm going to buy one with double the interest rate. What, was there any particular moment or thinking that led you to just go, you know what? Interest rate here doesn't really matter. Was there any one particular thing or couple of
1: things that helped you get over that? Well, the thing of it is you're not you're not locked into this rate forever. You can always refinance. And as long as you can make the numbers work, that that small number with a percent sign behind it doesn't really matter that much.
2: Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, right? I mean, an interest rate looks like you look at the amount of interest you're paying and you look at the pro forma and the, ca- and the interest rate, it's like you kind of assume or people fall into uh, the assumption that that's going to be how the property is always, always going to be, right? But it's it's all dynamic. As you mentioned, you can refinance. Rents, rents will go up over time. That's, that's all variable. But owning the property and, and actually having ownership of it is is the key the key point. And what I've really kind of, the consistent trend I've heard from you, John, is that you're buying right? You're consistently buying. It doesn't matter. Rates are super low or whatever the case is. You're, you're maximizing your tax benefits. You're finding a way to own more real estate year after year because that falls into your long-term plan. Um, let's, uh, let's hear a little bit about, I mean, there's, there's been some obstacles with stuff, real estate. You, you talked about some of the challenges of that first fourplex, and now you're at a point where it's, it's successful, but it was a lot of work to get there. Um, you've worked with different contractors, different property managers, different Give it, Give us a couple pieces of advice um, from someone that's bought multiple properties in multiple different areas, whether it's the first fourplex or any properties later. Like, what's what's some things applicable to a newer investor just to think about as they're getting started to build their own portfolio based on some of the challenges that you've
1: had. Oh, I would say to to move strategically but intentionally. Um, one of my mistakes is I bought three properties in like a three month span. So I was having to run around and get all kinds of paperwork, leases, to get approved for loans. And it, that ended up being a ton of work. And then meanwhile, I had to you know rehab this property. My advice to someone is start with one property and, and hold that for at least six months until you would consider getting another one. Um, just grow slowly and intentionally. Don't just run out there and deploy a lot of capital because your first property might not go so well and you're like, man, I don't know if I want to continue doing this. Um, but just let it sit and see what it does. I'm willing to bet after one or two, three years, you're going to be glad you did and you're going to be ready to go do it again. Yeah. And then the other
2: thing that you mentioned is, uh, buying three properties over three separate months. Um, cause you got to go and get a new loan, loan approval. Like there's two sides of this. We're always, we always encourage people. And this is my opinion to, to move at your pace what makes sense for you sometimes like if you're doing a 1031 exchange or whatever the case is sometimes it makes sense like your you have to buy or your goal is to buy multiple properties um and if you're going to do that at a period of time it may make sense to try to do them simultaneously versus stringing them along we there's what what is called a, uh, a lender burnout where you qualify for a loan go through all this stuff you know pulling teeth and you know, giving your firstborn child, all this, all this stuff that these lenders want is so exhausting to have you either to places to download documents. Oh, they turn around and do it like one or two months later. Like it, it's exhausting. And so, you know, I do think most people that we see that are experienced their buyer uh, investors, whether they're buying one property or they're buying groups, they're doing it like during a period of time. And then they're like, they're taking a, a step back as john mentioned and they're evaluating they're seeing how the property and the team is performing but they're just giving themselves a break you know what i mean to then go go and do because that could be quite exhausting um i don't know i see that all the time i know i'm having to do that now actually with with some loans i'm just like man i am just not it's just not fun to deal with lenders consistently and you know, deal with all those documents and it's, it's a lot of work to buy property sometimes So talk
0: a little bit, speaking of those, the hassles, because I've, a lot of people I talk with, um, you know, maybe they have, they, they've owned real estate for a little while. They hit their first issue. You know, they have an eviction or on a tenant turn, a tenant has done, you know, some damage and now they have to to pay for it and they don't love it. So their immediate thought is, Hey, Adam, I want to sell my property. I want to get out. Um, you know, real estate just might not be for me. Um, what would you say to those people other than just keep holding in? You kind of what helped you get through it as you were doing the tenant turns on your quadplex? And do you have any advice for for the people who are thinking that? Like, is there a a mental kind of change that you had as you go through those uh, those bumpy times?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, it's it's going to happen to anyone that invests eventually. Yeah, and here's the other thing: if you invested in index funds you're gonna have a lot worse volatility compared to dealing with you know a handful of bad tenants and if you're gonna hold these properties twenty thirty years yeah yeah, you'll have a bad tenant here or there, but I'm willing to bet it's it's gonna be a net win over time
2: yeah absolutely john if you um let me ask you this uh just to be a little bit self serving here. <laughs> um, you've, you've certainly invested in some properties with rent or retirement, not, not all of your portfolio, but what are some benefits that, um, our team was able to assist you with throughout your process?
1: If, if anything, uh, it's, it's certainly nice to get advice on, you know, how I'm growing my portfolio, but I found that there's a lot more handholding with these turnkeys, you know, with, with my career being as busy and working so much and traveling. I don't always have time to be on the ball with everything, setting up inspections and and so forth. So it's nice to always have someone to fall back on. And these properties are usually in nicer areas whereas if you're going on the MLS, you're trusting an agent out of state, you don't always know what you're gonna get. But I feel there it's a lot safer and easier transaction with rent retirement. And then there's always help after the purchase as well yeah that's
2: important we try to i mean well while, while uh we we remind people that like you're an investor these are these are your properties you you know you're you're gonna be the owner of them long term um so you need to know that but we're always here to help you you know if issues come up but also more importantly just staying staying engaged with you to help you strategically plan right i think we put you in touch with john a lot of different professionals from a tax side from a legal side from a insurance side that has been able to you know really make sure from a lending side right with some of the creative things you've done there kind of put all these creative pieces into place and uh, build your your real estate professional team to to scale your portfolio would you agree with
1: that or oh absolutely and I would say that the tax benefits I received uh, have just been huge um, yeah, obviously we got to do a certain amount of legal stuff to keep yourself protected you know because real estate's one of the most highly uh litigated sectors but uh just the tax planning has has made a huge difference in my wealth building journey i love it
0: all right john any uh anything else you would like to say to the investors out there either the ones getting started or the ones who've been in it for a while any any final thoughts that you want to share
1: just keep taking action make sure you're uh you're intentional with what you're doing and uh don't take it too seriously too <laughs> All right.
0: well I appreciate we appreciate you joining us today John I mean it's uh, great to be a part of your journey I look forward to seeing what you do over the coming years uh, if you want to check out what we have or if you want to book a time to you know talk with us just head over to rent retirement.com and you can see everything we have schedule a call we're happy to help you from A to Z and uh, just head on over to rent to retirement And uh, check us out. Also, don't forget, if you have any questions that you want Zach and I to cover on future episodes, send those to podcasts at rentretirement.com. That's podcasts at com. Really appreciate the time you spent educating yourself today. We'll talk to you on the next
1: episode.